passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands Podcast. Hosted by Elliot Shore Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come. The other kind of news, I guess, that just kind of came out this morning or was just reported this morning is that in talks with the uh, the Clippers, uh, obviously about James Harden, uh, P.J. Tucker's name has come up. Now, it's interesting to consider because... The Sixers, and Daryl Morey especially, has like really stressed the idea of cap space next year and how that could help them and how they could add max players and they'd still have Joel along with max slots and that's very rare to have, all those things. PJ is like one of the only, I think it's just Embiid, Maxi, I guess not Maxi, just Embiid, Tucker, and maybe Melton, if I'm not mistaken, are the ones that are Melton's signed. Melton's a free agent next summer, so that's a... So is it Embiid, Tucker, and then do they technically own Maxi's rights beyond that? Like I know they only yeah, have three or four. They'll players. have his rights for they'll have his like cap hold for next year. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I'm just I guess it'll right probably be now. like Springer and you know, whatever. Like Paul the, Reed, did we include Paul, him? Oh right, Paul Reed, assuming they get well, out of the Well, assuming they make the second <laughs> round of the playoffs, <laughs> yeah. but which, you know, is unfortunately been a well, fortunately been a guarantee for this team. But anyway, the question is is this a good opportunity for the Sixers to try to get off the PJ Tucker contract? Like if you're, if you're Daryl and you're going to have to trade Harden, you think he's not going to come here. It's going to be a problem. Like there are certain things you can try to accomplish here, whether it's you like this team is deprived of, of draft picks. Are you trying to focus on getting draft picks back? Are you focusing on getting players that can help you now? Are you focusing on getting guys that are on one year deals? Another thing you can focus on is getting rid of things you don't, you maybe don't want anymore if you're the Sixers, like, would you think about trying to make sure when you trade James that PJ Tucker is attached to that deal? 
I don't think it's like a super high priority only because I think on an expiring contract, there will mm-hmm. always be someone you could just send him to next offseason. Now you might have to pay some kind of premium for it, whether that's a, a second round pick, whether it's somebody at like a young guy that you're just not that interested in anymore, but a, a lottery team or rebuilding team might have more time for will invest in more maybe it's something like that i do think though and this has not really been strongly rumored or reported up to this point but it would make some sense to include him in this deal and you try to get younger and more athletic like we've seen as much as pj acquitted himself fine in like the game seven against boston and had some moments in in the playoffs where Yeah, it, it wasn't like he was a big problem, but I do think on a night-to-night basis throughout the season, you could see, all right, this guy doesn't have it tonight, and they had to essentially sit him the entire fourth quarter. And it was, yes, it was because he couldn't hit shots from night to night, but also like this guy can't move as well as he used to. He doesn't have the legs mm-hmm. every single night, and I do think there maybe is an inclination to say we need to get younger. We need to get more athletic. Now I say that and their signings have been Patrick Beverly, who's getting older, right. obviously, and, and less athletic. Mo Bamba, not the, oh, he's huge and he's athletic in Long, the sense that he yeah. can block shots, but he does not move well in space. So the team has not really gotten more athletic, certainly. So maybe that's a consideration as they move into the future. In terms of what I think they should do or what they should prioritize in a trade, I know the cap space component is a big thing and part of the future planning. I don't think you can just like go all in on that, right? Like if the difference is they're going to take on Marcus Morris, who, oh, he's expiring, but I don't think is that good at this Mm -hmm. point and isn't really going to help them as much as they need the return for Harden to help them. I don't think that's worth it. Like, I think you have to get guys who are going to help Joel Embiid right now, even if that means, you know, they make another 10 to $15 million next season. I tend to think those type of deals, the $10 million deals, the $15 million deals, even up to like 20, depending on the player, I think those are always movable if it's a good player. I don't think there's ever going to be a case now, maybe this new CBA will prove me wrong on that, but mm-hmm. I just tend to think those guys will always find a home. You might you might get nothing back for them or very little back for them, but if you're doing it just to clear cap space and you're going to sign max free agent, you don't really care that you're moving like a Cork Maz level player or somebody above that level for peanuts. So couple of thoughts off that one. I do wonder with Joel as your best player, if you're ever going to be able to be like a truly – athletic fast team like if your best player it's a fair is point kind of like plotting is maybe not the right word but he certainly is not like a sprint up and down the court full time now i do wonder with you all getting married you know if there's anything we know about getting married it's your you, you you lose a ton of weight or you at least try to be in your best shape before the wedding <laughs> so who knows maybe maybe we're about to be skinny joel uh thanks to the marriage this year but yeah, I from put back on all my weight I lost for my dude, wedding. So tell me about it, man. Like every year, <laughs> like I look at pictures from my wedding and I just think, you know what, man? At least thank God I was able to get in shape for that. Cause it's certainly oh, sense. Listen, that. man, I looked great in those pictures. That's all that yeah. you'll never be able to take that from me. The slow decline sense, not not as good. But 
like PJ Tucker, I think is a, to your point, a fine piece to have next year. I don't think this is like a contract you won't be able to get off of. If anything, he probably maybe has more value next year because he isn't expiring. But like, I don't know. Do you think he fits with Nick Nurse in terms of he's a good defender? He's versatile, like he's switchable. So I guess that helps, but he's not like a young guy in that way. So I do wonder if Nick Nurse would have, uh, like, like wants him. Like, if, if Nick Nurse values having I, him, I think any head coach would value what PJ Tucker does. Okay. It's, he's always going to be one of those quintessential, oh, he's more than the box score, he's a yeah. culture setter. I think like having his voice is also really important. Just having guys who at practice every day and things like that are not dogging it and you know showing the proper attention to detail. I, I tend to think that any coach, let alone Nick Nurse, who we know has been kind of a defensive maniac the last few years, I think he'll have plenty of value for Tucker, but you know, it remains to be seen. So I, the other thing is, I do wonder, and we did a whole pod on the Joel quote and the tweets and everything, and we touched on this a little bit, but since then, I've been thinking about it more and more. Like, I wonder how Joel feels when he hears Daryl talk about how exciting it is they're going to have a ton of cap space next offseason. Now, Joel ruined kind of any power play he made in the eyes of the public when the next day he comes out and he says, you know, uh, like, oh, I'm just a troll, who cares? But they like... Before those tweets, the initial read on it could be, hey, man, I'm not too excited about this talk of cap space. Like, I want to win right now. I work hard to be able to win right now. I want championship players around me. Um, I mean, how much of that do you think factors into with this where, yeah, Daryl, you can be excited about two max spaces, but you have to have Embiid on board with this plan. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yeah, I mean, that's more important than I would say anything else. You do mm-hmm. have to split the difference because there's no guarantee that you're going to walk into next offseason and Joel is going to care about that cap space, essentially. Like, if there's somebody they can bring in and... You know, as we know with the NBA, sometimes these deals come together long before they're actually finalized on paper. And the legality of that is a whole nother story. Not saying that there's any groundwork being done by the Sixers, obviously, just to be clear. James Harden probably feels like this is something. The the tampering police out there. Right. But but yeah, I think (laughs) part of a big part of Daryl Morey's job this year is selling Joel Embiid on the future planning here. Now, one thing I will say that has come up when Maury has discussed, you know, the the hardened trade and options they had available, I do think there was an idea that their window was shorter than maybe people thought. And so I, I almost wonder, you know, how long do the Sixers think Joel Embiid is going to be able to help them compete for a title? Like, what do they – now, obviously – even in conversations with me privately and certainly what they say publicly, they say all the right things. We want Joel to be here forever. We believe he's a title winning player, just won the MVP, blah, blah, blah. Have never said otherwise. I wonder if you put them to a lie detector, like how long they actually think Joel will be at the level that can be a, a title winning level or like be at that level where just having him means they might be able to contend. 
because with all the injuries, like the cumulative impact of all these injuries, I wonder what their sports science and medical people say about that. And I wonder when they would just say, if there is ever a point, we got to deal this guy before the bottom really falls out. It, it, it's certainly something they have to think about. They're never going to publicize it. They'll never talk about it, even to people like me who mm-hmm. I'd keep my mouth shut if it was like about <laughs> preserving those relationships. But I'm very curious when the, the end of the road actually is. Yeah. And, you know, to make an Eagles reference again, it reminds me of how when the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts, they said, publicly privately this has nothing to do with Carson you know just high quality backup blah blah but I've always felt deep down you put like Jeffrey Howie in a room like did they do it with the idea that Carson might be closer to being cooked than we thought like yes of course so if you put Daryl and I guess you maybe include Nick Nurse in this into like a room where it's just them no one can hear them and they can talk honestly yeah it would not surprise me if there were part of them saying yeah, Joel's, you know, has injury problems. He is getting older and who knows what that what that future holds. And it also kind of ties into what I felt all offseason, which is they just seem way more excited about Maxi. Like I, I know they know Joel's a better player, but I wonder if they think like Maxi can be our guy for the next five years that can truly develop. And Joel's more of a we're gonna try to win right now, this year, maybe next year with them, and then after that, who knows? So it is a an interesting component. Um of all this. Do you have anything else? But I just, the- I wanted to throw one more thing in there. So there was a, I think it was a report that came out of this week that essentially said that the Sixers view Joel as wanting to be more of like a Dirk or a Kobe oh, yes. that they play their whole career for one team. And on this subject, I want to note Dirk Nowitzki. So his first season in the NBA was the lockout year. So mm-hmm. he had, did not play like 80 games that year because there were only like 50 games in that season. He played 70 plus games for the first 13 years of his career. Wow. Kobe Bryant in his career had a couple of 60 plus or like 66, 68 game seasons, but by and large, like never got hurt seriously until late in his career when he had the Achilles thing. And like that is a component of one, the team, a team wanting to invest in a guy until, you know, they're 37, 38, however many years old that guys can play at this point. It's just that that person is available constantly and that you can count on them to be, all right, we have to, for cap space reasons, for, you know, players coming and going, for whatever reason, you're going to have to reshuffle the team around a star a lot. But that star is your lighthouse. It's the thing that's just always there. You can look for them when times are tough, when other guys are hurt, when you have to make bets on, you know, different sorts of players for whatever reason. And like Joel hasn't been that guy. Like whenever we talk about team building stuff, some of the consideration is, well, Joel doesn't always stay healthy. So couldn't they really take a risk on building around said it about Jimmy Butler, honestly. There are a lot of people who are like, he's been very durable, but he played under Tibbs. He played a ton of mm-hmm. minutes. And there was this idea that the bottom is going to drop out on Jimmy. And then you're building around Jimmy and Joel, who already had all the, the different health issues. Talking about it now with James Harden. Can you give a guy a contract in his mid-30s who doesn't take great care of his body? Or I shouldn't say that. 
someone who the off-court lifestyle is going to impact how well they can take care of their body. Yeah. And they sign Al Horford on because of at least in part need some protection behind Joel. Like at a certain point, that's a real team building consideration that like, that's just a thing that there will be a point, a fork in the road where someone has to say, we probably just can't do this anymore. Now, I don't know when that is. Maybe Joel finds a way as he hits his thirties to better take care of his body. And, you know, he doesn't get injured as much, but most of these have just been like freak injuries for the most part. It's like him going up for a block, him going up for a dunk, whatever it is. And so, you know, that's, that's why I think about it a lot because as much as the organization loves him and loves what he's brought to them, there has to be a thought in mind in, in a lot of people saying, what is the expiration date for this guy? Well, what's interesting about that is like to come off of the the report that he views himself as a Dirk guy. That's like, like that can be what he wants. Like what you just described is what the team wants. Right. And the, and so the Joel quote that we talked about in the last pod about maybe he'll play somewhere else. There was one school of thought, which I don't completely agree with, but like, that maybe Joel's saying, hey, I'll get traded. Like, it's not up to me. Like, I, I could get Well, that's down. definitely what well, he loves to imply that all the time. Right. He said in press conferences a hundred times, well, they could trade me for Steph Curry tomorrow. Right. It's like, but, but they're not one, saying, the Warriors are not going to do that. But also, but, yeah, they could. They could, yeah. But what you're saying <laughs> is kind of like maybe that's in the back of Joel's head. So, like, the Dirk thing, yeah, he can want to be here the whole time and he can love the idea of being in philly and i do think he's embraced the city and and all those things but if the sixers and daryl Morey in the back of their head are saying like hey man i don't know like in two years are you going to be able to do that like that has nothing to do with joel's desires like if in a year they want to trade joel they could do it so it's interesting to, to think about it from that perspective of like the sixers might just decide to move on from joel or to say to joel hey we'd love to keep not you. anytime soon but not yeah. anytime soon but like we'd love to keep you but We're not going to, like, you can't be the focal point of the offense anymore if you want to stick around.